Welcome to the Metal Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelzang, and this is episode number 469. Today's show is brought to you by Medterra. At the start of the HIV epidemic more than 30 years ago, people who were diagnosed with HIV or AIDS could expect to live only one to two years after that diagnosis. That meant that the issues of aging were not a major focus for people with HIV disease. Today's show is about aging with HIV. And I think you'll find our guest, Dennis Fleming, as I have. And that's someone to root for, yes, because today his HIV is undetectable, but someone who is living a long, healthy, happy life and someone who is going to be a very positive guest here on the Not Old Better Show today. Nearly half of all people living with HIV in the United States are age 50 or older. This is mostly because people are living much longer with HIV thanks to novel, effective inhibitor attachment therapy, and that's good news. The bad news is research increasingly shows that diseases that typically strike HIV-negative people, men and women, yes, women too, in their 60s and 70s are occurring in people with HIV in their 40s and 50s. These concerns have brought the issue of aging with HIV to center stage. That's why we're talking about it today on the Not Old Better Show. One of the biggest unanswered questions is why this is occurring and what it all means in relation to research, clinical trials, and support and resources for those like our guest, Dennis Fleming, age 60, and those men and women over age 60 with HIV and what they're doing about it. I think you're going to find answers today that you're really going to value, appreciate, and find fascinating from our guest, Dennis Fleming. We'll talk about that and a lot more on today's program. Please join me in welcoming to the Not Old Better Show via internet phone, Dennis Fleming. Dennis Fleming, welcome to the program. Thank you. It's good to connect with you, especially good because I know you're doing well, and we're going to talk a little bit about how well you are doing. But give us uh, briefly, how are things going with you and uh, fighting the uh, you know, quarantine, doing all of this as a 60-year-old man with HIV? We're, uh, we're certainly grateful for your time and we're excited, rooting for you. But how are things going emotionally and physically for you right now? Um, pretty good, I, I think. Um, I've been working from home since, since March and, you know, I really uh, am concerned about the, the virus. So I only mm-hmm. go out to, you know, walk the dogs and to go to the grocery store. Um, so I'm really serious about, you know, staying healthy. Um, uh, being cooped up, is, you know. It's a little nerve wracking at times, but I'm, I'm handling it. We have dogs and cat and I have a husband. And so, um, I have a support system. So I'm doing fairly well. Well, we're glad to hear that, of course. And, um, I think this is going to be an important conversation. I think it's one that is, uh, is necessary for our audience because I think so, so much has changed with regard to HIV. And so tell us what long-term survival um, has looked like for you and living with HIV. You've really seen the the gamut of this disease over the last thirty years. Yes, um, I would say uh, survival um, has gotten a bit easier, at least for me. Um, treatments have gotten uh, better. I mean, there's still side effects, and there's, you know, still some things in there, but they've gotten uh, much easier to take. 
is uh, the, the number of side effects has lessened greatly. Um, well, it's still, you know, I still go and see my doctor on a regular basis. I don't need to go quite as often as I did maybe like 10, 15 years ago. Um, and when you look at, uh, so care and treatment has definitely gotten better. I think also uh, prevention has changed immensely uh, because we now know that people um, who are on, who are positive and on treatment um, and have an undetectable uh, viral load to, uh, will not pass the virus on to others. And that was a huge, huge uh, step in prevention. And now we also know treat, treatment as prevention in that uh, there's uh, medications you can take uh, if you're negative. And these are usually HIV meds that people with the disease take. And uh, the people who are negative can take the same medications um, and remain negative as well. So, there, I mean, things have really progressed. Um, rather quickly, I understand, in the, in the uh, way medical people and doctors and scientists I know have, have remarked how amazing things have progressed so quickly with HIV, and it doesn't always happen with other, other diseases. Mm-hmm. And what's fascinating to me, too, Dennis Romig, is that this really, as a disease, isn't in the news anymore. I, I think that's probably... A good thing, from my recollection, and, and you refer to this, it's really kind of a minimal pill treatment, but it used to be, again, my recollection is that the regimen was, you know, many pills and almost a, a cocktail, I remember this being referred to. So specifically tell us about your treatment regimen today. What does it look like? Well, I think for people like me, long-term survivors, I've had the disease 30 years now, um, I still take a lot of pills. I don't take quite as many as I used to have to. But when you have multiple resistance, then um, you're probably going to have to take a few more pills because probably not all of them are working 100%. But the regimen I'm on is uh, very easy to take. Um, I'm on um, four different medications, which isn't bad. Uh, The side effects are minimal. Um, And this, this is just, of course, for me. Um, but I know that uh, people who are just diagnosed with the disease, you know, their treatments are even easier. Sometimes one pill once a day, there might be three medications or four medications in that one pill. Um, and they can take that, that once a day. Like I said, I'm a long-term survivor. So I've been on a lot of other treatments. I've had a lot of treatment failure. Um, I've developed a lot of resistance. So I'm on, um, a couple more pills than someone who just got diagnosed, but, it's working, and like I said the side effects for me are minimal, um, so I'm happy. Hi, it's Paul. We'll be right back with Dennis Fleming and Aging with HIV. I have a quick message from our sponsor, Medterra. You know, as we talk about health and as we age, this idea of function plays a bigger and bigger role. How do we stay active, vital, functional, mobile, and pain-free, or relatively pain-free, I'll tell you how I'm doing that these days. As you all know, I'm an exercise guy, but I also use our sponsor, Medterra's great full line of functional CBD products for rapid relief of occasional pain. Medterra has a new topical pain cream that's great for an active lifestyle or you are recovering from any injury. Medterra sent me some of the pain cream a few weeks ago and both Gretchen and I have been using it for pain relief of the normal aches and pains that come from, well, being 63 as I am. (laughs) 
It applies easy and smooth and leaves you with a refreshing relief that you can take with you no matter where you go. This is great stuff, the Medterra Pain Cream. It's a combination of CBD, Arnica, menthol, and other natural ingredients. I apply it directly to my knee as well as my lower back, and it works almost instantly, but you can apply it anywhere and everywhere because it lasts for hours. It gives you full relief of pain. Medterra developed this new pain cream with their medical advisors to specifically treat sore muscles and joints, injuries, and inflammation. All Medterra products are third-party tested for quality and purity, and they contain zero THC. Medterra products are legal, and they are not going to get you high. The Medterra Pain Cream has allowed me and Gretchen to enjoy tennis, walking outside, and our ever-active lives, something you aren't able to do with nagging, debilitating pain. We've decided to focus on each other, and we spend less time focusing on what hurts. Both Gretchen and I highly recommend Medterra products, And it's recommended for people just like you in our Not Old Better Show audience who deal with lingering pain or soreness. And now, by visiting medterracbd.com and entering NOB at checkout, you'll receive 20% off. That's medterracbd.com and NOB at checkout for 20% off. We'll have all of this in the show notes. But remember, Medterra CBD and NOB, a perfect combination for best-in-class pain relief results. Thanks, everybody. We are with Dennis Fleming. Dennis Fleming is an HIV survivor for 30 years. Presently, the HIV is undetectable. And uh, Dennis Fleming, we're so thrilled about that. We're grateful for your time, grateful to be talking to you. You've been in a clinical trial for uh, a bit now. So tell us a little bit about the, cr- the clinical trial that you're involved with, how you chose to be involved with that clinical trial, how you feel about the experience overall. Um, it's been a very, very positive experience. Um, I got into it because I really didn't have much of a choice. I mean, I, I did have a choice not to go into the clinical trial, but for me, um, I had come to the end of uh, treatment options. And a pharmacist friend of mine told me there's an attachment or attachment inhibitor coming out. It's a new class of HIV men. And it's made for people just like you, you know, long, a long-term survivor, lots of treatment failure. Um, so she put me in contact with the study coordinator and, and I went and got interviewed. And of course, um, I qualified. Um, and uh, my my medical team worked with the medical team from the study site. Um, to come up with a regimen that would work for me, including the, the new attachment inhibitor, which is uh, Recobia. And um, I started taking all the meds. I had, you know, I had some uh, severe gastrointestinal side effects in the beginning, but um, I worked with my medical team and we to manage those, and we got those under control. And um, uh, but the happiest, one of the happiest times of all this was. When I got a call a month later, I'd gone in to have blood drawn to, you know, and to see if the medication was in, in my blood, and et cetera, et cetera. And the study coordinator called and said, you're already at undetectable. So that was uh, like within a month of, of starting in the study. Um, and so it's been, it's been great um, because the regimen is working. Uh, the f- side effects you know, have uh, waned quite a bit. 
Um, and uh, I just uh, heard that the, uh, so it'll be four years I've been in the study this month, uh, this August. And, uh, but I heard that the the study drug, Rucobia, has just been approved by the FDA and it's, it's now commercially available. So that's really good news. Yeah, I think all of this is really good news. Uh, a month. that That's just almost seems to be record time. And there are so many, uh, I think, misconceptions and perhaps myths even around HIV. It isn't in the news uh, as much anymore. What what do you, as a 60-year-old man, what, what do you tell younger gay men about HIV? And maybe tell us a few of the myths that are surrounding HIV still to this day. Yeah, I'll, I'll start with the myths, myths first. Um, I think one of them you, you touched on already is um, it's out of the news, and so I think with a lot of people out of sight, out of mind, and every once in a while I'll tell someone, you know, that I'm living with HIV, or I say that, you know, I work in the field of public health and HIV, and they'll say, really? Oh, I, thought, I thought we had a handle on that, or I thought that was gone, and um, I think that's one interesting myth, because it's it's not, <laughs> but, you know, I understand, you know, it's out, out of sight, out of mind. Um, I mean, I just think the other myth, and this is uh, part of what I uh, would tell younger gay men, is um, the treatments um, have come a long way as far as side effects. And uh, they used to cause, you know, uh, fat distribution around the body. So people would walk around with really skin, skinny arms and legs, but have like a belly and um, gastrointestinal effects and headaches and all kinds of strange side effects. Yeah, the treatments have gotten so much easier, but I think people still have that misconception that, oh, I think the treatments are as bad as the disease itself. There's still some of that out there too. Um, But I would tell gay men, even though the treatments are better, um, it's still better, I think personally, not to have HIV. So, you know, you have all the tools. You have a lot more tools in the prevention toolbox than I did when I was um, 30 years ago. And um, use those prevention tools because, you know, it, it's uh, it's just better not to have HIV. Mm-hmm. You do a bit of education around this subject. And, and let's talk a little bit about that for a moment because I, I wonder, are there sufficient resources out there? You know, it's not in the news. It's not really part of our conversation so much anymore as a, as a society. Perhaps it should be. These resources are probably more available than I know. I, I appreciate you giving us some of this uh, data right up front. We're going to post this in our show notes about where people can find out more information and support resources for both men and women over 60 with HIV. So tell us a little bit about the, the resources that are available. Well, I, I think it, it really, unfortunately, depends on where you live. Um, if you live in a, a large urban area or even a smaller area, but, has that, but if that area has a lot of support, um, for HIV and AIDS, um, the services are going to uh, be good. I mean, they, they can always improve and there always could be more, better, more services. But um, I think the services are pretty adequate if you live in a large urban area. Um, where it gets uh, a little less uh, adequate is um, in rural areas um, and especially in the South. But even, you know, here in California, the uh, in the rural areas, the services are very, very limited because it's just not as many people. There's not um, as much revenue. There's not um, as much understanding. Um, 
And so that's unfortunate, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know, again, we're going to put a link in, in the show notes, but uh, there's a great HIV and aging uh, website out there that the federal government is uh, uh, really supplying information to. And that, that's one that, that uh, we could recommend and that uh, you yourself have found to be right, helpful. Right, right. I mean, if you, just, if you go onto Google and just type HIV and aging, uh, a plethora, a mm -hmm. plethora of resources come up. Um, uh, journal articles, magazine articles, um, agencies, um, and uh, the, the the best one is if you just type in HIV.gov um, and then go to the search box and do aging with HIV or HIV and aging, um, come up with all kinds of resources. And there's, you know, links there and you just click on one of the links and it'll take to you put in your zip code and it'll tell you what services are available in your area. Mm -hmm. Good. Well, final question for you, Dennis Fleming. Um, how's your perspective on life? You know, you've survived this. You seem to be healthy and uh, sound very happy. And uh, we're, we're glad to hear all of that, but give us a, give us a perspective. Give, maybe give us a little bit of advice and uh, send us out on a, on an up note. This is not, the death sentence that it that it once was. No, no, it's not not at all. Um, I knew when I was diagnosed um, back in, in 1990. Um, I had a great doctor, and he um, provided me hope. And he said, you know, here, you know, there's no treatments commercially available for you at the moment. He goes, but there will be soon. I'm I'm sure of it. And, um, you know, once those treatments come out, get on them and, you know, you could probably, uh, have, have a good life. And so I, yeah, I remained optimistic, but there was still a little bit of pessimistic side of me saying, you know, I wonder if I'll make it to be 50. You know, maybe I'll make it to be 40, maybe, maybe I won't make it to my 50th birthday. And then as time went on and treatments got better and care got better and, and we learned more, about the disease and, and more services became available, um, I started thinking, oh, okay, yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't need to start thinking about not living to, to 50. And I got to my 50th birthday. <laughs> it was a big celebration. And then January, I got to my 60th. So I think <laughs> really my perspective um, has, has gotten so much better that I don't even really think about um, uh, you know, how much longer I'm going to live because I think I'm going to have a full life, you know, a very long one too. There's no indication I'm still working full time. Um, I rarely get sick. So I think there's, uh, at least my health doesn't have to stand in my way. Well, this is all good news and we appreciate your time. And uh, as I say, we're we we got your back. We're at your corner. We're rooting for you. We'd we'd love to have you come back on the show at some point too, Dennis Fleming, just to update us, tell us about some of the uh, the news as it changes with regard to HIV and aging. But uh, thank you for your time today. Have a great day. Thank you, and I definitely would love to come back. My thanks to Dennis Fleming for his willingness and candor today about aging with HIV. Please check out our list of resources in today's show notes. My thanks to GCI Health for help in arranging today's program. My thanks to Medterra for sponsoring today's show. Please check out the show notes for the links to the Medterra product line. And my thanks always to you, my wonderful Not Old Better Show audience. Remember, stay safe, everyone. Practice smart social distancing and talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>